grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Palm Sunday. If you can't be filled with joy by all those musical notes bouncing around everywhere, I don't know what's wrong with you. Thank you, Susie, for that beautiful, beautiful introduction to our worship. Friends, we are here to share the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ with each other and especially to express and proclaim it to God. So let us be called together to worship as we speak responsively from the 24th Psalm. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Friends, let us worship God. only one face whose holy eyes would keep focused and not turn away but weep as Jesus looked over the city he wept he weeps for our heartbreak and our brokenness today so we come gratefully into confession let's pray our prayer of confession together eternal God in Jesus Christ you entered Jerusalem to die for our sins 
We confess that we have not hailed you as king or gone before you in the world with praise. For brief faith that fades in trouble, for enthusiasms that fizzle out, for hopes we parade but do not pursue, have mercy on us. Forgive us, God, and give us such trust in your power that in every city we may live for justice and tell of your loving kindness for the sake of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The scriptures remind us that Jesus would gather us like a mother hen, gather us to himself. So be at peace, brothers and sisters, for I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Peace of Christ be with you. This morning, as we prepare to greet each other, we would ask for our children to remain until after the anthem, and we can all leave, they can all leave together waving their palms and go into their Sunday school classes. So let's turn and greet each other.
if any of you would like to join the children's choir and sing with them. I mean, that's just so exciting, right? Yeah, you guys are boring compared to them. I don't know. I don't know. Ah, well. Friends, let me share with you just a bit of news about what's going on in the life of the church. And first off, I think we need to clear the air about something. I am not praying for San Diego State to win tomorrow night's championship game. I am pulling for them, however. Did you hear that, God? Let me also say that there may well be some in our broader Christian family who are pulling for the other folks. Be nice to them. This evening, at 7 o'clock, there will be a magnificent concert of the full text of the Rutter and Faure Requiems, performed and offered for us by about 85 singers and 25 other musicians up front. Be here for that wonderful experience that expresses the Christian hope of resurrection and rest for us all. I would encourage you to be here early so that you can get a good seat and bring along 30 or 40 of your neighbors and friends. It would be a great way to introduce the church to them. Thursday, Monday, Thursday, we will have our traditional service at 7 o'clock where we begin with remembering the Passover meal that Jesus celebrated with his disciples and that he then transformed into a new way of our understanding God's work in the world through Jesus' sacrifice. The service will conclude with the tenebrae service as we read through some of the most important passages in Scripture that share with us the passion of Jesus Christ. Next Sunday is Easter. At 7 o'clock, we will worship outside. For those of you who miss being outside, here's your opportunity. Then again at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, not 10.30, 9 and 11, we'll be here in the sanctuary for traditional worship. On Sunday, April 23rd, we will have a special ceremony and gathering and really a celebration called Shamrocks and Blessings. That'll be at noon. There's going to be food and music and food and dancing and poetry and food and sing-alongs and food and a limerick contest. All of that's our way to celebrate the fact that much of this choir is going to be going to Ireland later on in the spring, and we want to help support that uh, trip uh, for them and that way of spreading the love of God uh, throughout Ireland. Plan to be part of that. You can sign up online. Then on Sunday, April 30th, we'll be having a new member class for those interested in joining the church or thinking about the possibility of that. You can be in touch with Jan or with me, and we'll be happy to get you signed up. That's only some of what's happening here, but some of the most important things, so be sure to check online for all of the other stuff going on. This is our time in worship when we take a moment to have the opportunity to present ourselves to God as we present our financial gifts. So you may bring your offering forward to either of the baskets here on either side of the chancel as this next musical piece is being done, and in that way signify the gift of yourself to the work of the Lord in the world. God bless.
be seated. We come now to a time when we speak with God, and I would invite you to let go of all the things that distract you, to be present to this moment as we come to a sacred conversation. Let's go to God in prayer. These 40 days, Lord, we have been led by the Spirit to wander with you into the desert and through the countryside, bearing witness to your witness, celebrating your miracles, grieving your grieving, and finally, letting go of all things that will soon rest on your shoulders. And you are willing. You who were once a child born under a star with a chorus of angels' voices singing joy, 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 You, the receiver of treasured gifts from those who traveled afar to worship at your feet. You, the sacred promise fulfilled. All hopes for freedom, clamoring for a place at your table. You, teacher of teachers, healer, preacher, brother, son, friend. You, who are the bright and morning star. You, the begotten only son. You are willing to drink this cup for you so love the world? Holy is this week, Savior. Holy, sacred, belonging to you. We move from hosannas to horror with the predictable ease of those who know not what they do. So holy is the week. Our songs sung and our palms waved, O vulnerable God, compel us to go with passion into this week. It's a time to let the power of our faith story take hold of us, a time to let the events get up and walk around inside of us, a time to intensify our living into your likeness, a time to hover over the thoughts of our hearts. And, oh, God, it's a time for us to slow time down, a time to place our feet in the streets of Jerusalem or to walk along the sea and listen to your word, a time to touch your robe and feel the healing surge through us, a time to ponder and a time to wonder. And it's a time of preparation. God, the time to give thanks and break bread is upon us. The time to give thanks and drink the cup is imminent. Eat, drink, remember. Isn't that what you said? Aren't those the words you pass to us as sacred inheritance? Words that make us pause, that still our minds and move slowly with you into the liquid mystery of sacrament. We come, O Savior, bearing the gift of our need for you and our yearning that the world might know you. And even as we lay our treasure of need at your feet, we listen for your voice to send us out to the rim of life and with courage bring the lost home to you. You are the beginning, the center, and the never-ending You are the circle of existence, the Alpha and the Omega, the eternal. 
We lift up these words to you, O God, with the words that your Son taught us when praying to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. reading from Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me, 
from the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you, our ancients and our ancestors trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not human, scorned by others and despised by the people. All who see me mock at me and make mouths at me. They shake their heads. Commit your cause to the Lord. Let him deliver. Let him rescue the one in whom he delights. Yet it was you who took me from the womb. You kept me safe on my mother's breast. And you, on you I was cast from my birth. And since my mother bore me, and you have been my God, do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls encircle me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me, like ravening and roaring lions. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My mouth is dried up like postured, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. And now a reading from the letter of Romans 8. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. <laughs> the word of the Lord. Last week, some of my family and I traveled to New Mexico to my hometown of Socorro so that we could celebrate my mother's 90th birthday, which actually is this coming Wednesday, but we figured that 89 years and 51 weeks was close enough. As always, as we were driving into Socorro from Albuquerque, coming south on Interstate 25, we crested the final hill and came to that panoramic view of the bustling metropolis of 5,000 people that's been there for at least 500 years. And my gaze and my mind and heart went immediately to a small cemetery that is on the east side of the interstate there as you're driving into town, a place where only a few dozen souls are 
interred their bodies, but where most of them are my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, even a great-uncle who died as an infant and whom I never met, of course. There is another cemetery in town up on the hill on the west side where more of my relatives, including my father and my first wife, are buried. Those cemeteries are, according to some people's standards, rather plain and rather bare. Instead of towering trees and tranquil pools and lushly mown lawns, there are some cactus, a few yucca, some sagebrush, but mostly rocks and dirt. The 22nd Psalm says, you lay me in the dust of death. I know what dust <laughs> is like. Well, today is Palm Sunday and you were expecting children waving palm branches and you got that. You expected talk about Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and you got some of that. You expected a focus on adoring crowds and excited, expectant people not gathered in a basketball stadium somewhere in Houston, but somewhere in Jerusalem a long time ago. You expected me to talk about people crying out to Jesus, Hosanna, save us. You expected me to talk about a new leader coming into town, just like people were expecting Jesus, the new leader, come into town. People back then who expected him, who hoped for him to be a new political powerhouse who would throw out the Romans, a new military leader who would organize the legions of Jews that were so tired of being oppressed by the Romans, a religious leader who would throw out the corrupt middle class and priestly class who had completely twisted the meaning of Judaism. They were expecting someone, as we sometimes expect someone, to make everything better. That's what Palm Sunday is about, at least at the beginning. But we know that it turned out differently. Jesus was riding into Jerusalem in order to die. Because God had something bigger in mind than any of those folks could possibly imagine. We've been talking about exile, the exile of the ancient nation of Israel having been conquered by the Babylonians and then taken off to Babylon to live there for generations. We've been talking about exile from God that is created by our pride, our stubborn arrogance, our insistence on going our own way instead of God's way. We've been talking about exile from each other that results because we don't know how to get along with each other. We won't listen to God's wisdom about those things. We've been talking about our exile from all of the good things of life. Today we come 
to the ultimate exile, the exile of death. Death is a fact of life from which society both tries to hide and which society cannot get enough of. Death is everywhere around us, but I'll give you a hundred dollars for every time I have heard someone say in the last ten years that someone died. We say they just passed on. What I will not give you a hundred dollars for, because my wealth wouldn't last very long, is every time you see in the headlines a description of death of some kind. Death because of tornadoes that rip through buildings. Death because of missiles that rip through buildings in Ukraine. Death that happens in the most unlikely places like Presbyterian preschools in Nashville. Death is a fact of life. But most of us don't like to admit what death actually is. If you and I look at death and try to perceive death with all of our senses, what do we see? Death means no seeing, no hearing, no feeling. Death means no heart beating, no lungs breathing. Death means that the body becomes still and cold. Death means that the person who once was there no longer is. Not just no longer is there, but no longer is, no longer exists. They're gone to a place that we by ourselves cannot comprehend or apprehend. The person is gone. The body will decay into nothing eventually, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. From what you and I can see with the senses that God has given to us is that death is the end of us. Therefore, I think of it as the permanent exile, the permanent exile from life from being, from existence. Maybe that's why we have such a hard time saying the word death. Just before the 23rd Psalm, the beloved, beautiful, memorized by everyone 23rd Psalm, there is the 23rd. Second, and the 22nd Psalm states the reality of life as it is presented to us, life that's full of suffering, groaning, crying, scorn, the threat of strong bulls and ravenous lions, life that leaves all of us at the end feeling, as the psalmist says, as if we are poured out like water, our bones out of joint, our heart like wax, our mouth dried up. Many have suggested that that description is what it feels like to be crucified and then to die. And maybe they're right. Because from the cross, 
Jesus doesn't quote the 23rd Psalm. Jesus quotes the 22nd. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then, after Jesus is dead, his body is laid down in the dust of death. This evening, in a way that only music can express it, we will hear words sung like these. Deliver the souls of all the faithful departed from the pains of hell and from the bottomless pit. I quake with fear and I tremble awaiting the day of account and of the wrath to come. Now, I would guess that if those are the only words that are sung, that none of us would show up. (laughs) But we will also hear other words, words of faith and hope, words like, Lord Jesus Christ, King of glory, deliver the souls of all the faithful departed. Allow them, O Lord, to cross from death into the life which once thou didst promise to Abraham and his seed. Grant them rest eternal, Lord our God, we pray to thee, and light perpetual shine on them. Requiem eternae, rest eternal, rest and peace from the pain of life and the final challenge, the ultimate exile of death. Why do we sing such songs? Why do we believe such things? Well, it's because after the palm procession into Jerusalem and the struggle in the garden and the arrest and torture by the soldiers and the trial before Herod and Pilate and the suffering and death on the cross and the darkness of the tomb, after all of those things, God had a bigger plan in mind. And God resurrected Jesus from death into life again, life forever. And so Paul could write some of my favorite words in the Bible. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Exile of any form is separation from something. Death is separation from God, from the life that God gives, from who we are. But God, in His love, expressed in Jesus Christ, transcends that final barrier. And so of all the exiles of this life, even the ultimate exile of death. God delivers us and brings us home 
to him. That's one of the reasons that Christians spend a lot of time remembering Jesus' death. Because it was the way to life for all of us. That is why we gather around this table. For every time we gather, we remember that Jesus' body was broken and his blood was spilled. Jesus died so that we can live again. And so, friends, ministering in his name, ministering to all those of you who firmly believe, all those of you who have doubts, all those of you who want to believe beyond anything that the world might tell you, ministering to all who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, Presbyterians, Baptists, Methodists, Episcopalians, Greek Orthodox, Roman Orthodox, Egyptian Orthodox, fans of the Huskies, Fans of the Aztecs. Fans of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come and let us share the feast that he's prepared. On that last night when they gathered in the upper room, that final Seder moment, There's a question that a child asks at the beginning of each Seder. It is, what is different about this night? And on that night, all things changed as Jesus lifted the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Whenever you eat this, remember me. In the same way, Jesus took the cup after supper, saying this cup is the sign of the new covenant sealed in my blood. Whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the saving death of the Lord Jesus Christ until he comes again. Friends, as is now our custom, we will invite you to be released down your pew aisles to come and to take a piece of the bread and to dip it in the cup and then to return in a circle from the opposite direction that you just came from. Let me remind you that there is no alcohol in this meal. There's no gluten in this meal. There is nothing in this meal of which you should be afraid. I'm almost amazed that there's anything left in this meal, but there is. (laughs) So all can come joyfully and partake of the gifts of God for the people of God.
Will you please pray with me? God, we have come a journey. We have walked with you for 40 days. And you have nourished us all along the way with living bread and living water so that we would never be hungry and never thirst. We are so grateful that you sustain us in every way. We're grateful that you have walked this long journey on earth, that you have overcome the darkness, that nothing could hold you back or down, and that you lead us as the living Savior. For these things we are so grateful, and we pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. to forgive those first folks who welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem waving their palm branches. We need to forgive them for not really having the vision to see what God was doing in Jesus. 
Because truth be told, it's hard for us sometimes to believe the good news that the final enemy and the ultimate exile is overcome in the resurrection of Jesus from the grave. Let me invite you, most of you who are here today, most of you who are watching online, but maybe not all of you online, let me invite you to take advantage of the fact that you live in Southern California where there are palm branches waving all the time. And instead of lamenting the fact that you're going to have to trim those trees in your yard or that the wind has blown and knocked some of those fronds down into the road in front of you, celebrate the fact that God has given you a sign every day by which you may remember that in Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave, there is nothing in all creation that separates you from his love. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit bless and be with you today and always. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you.